Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the seventh, the seventh. December. There you go. We both remember. Maybe you didn't, or maybe you were playing it a, a trick on me. See, see, listeners, this is what happens. I like to keep you on your toes. That's correct, that's, Pierre. That's good. That's good. And、um, my name is、uh, Pierre, and、uh, we bring you this week's program of Asia Pacific Currents on your favourite community radio station, Three CR Radio. Brought every week by Australia Asia Workerlinks. But before I hand it over to Giselle to tell us where you can contact us,、uh, first of all, thanks to Solidar Breakfast for another interesting program. And that music interlude was Yosu Yindi、uh, singing Solid Rock. And unfortunately, I did have to cut it because he had another five minutes to go. Nice long song. Beautiful song, covered a million times. But any, yeah, just. I、uh, was enjoying that, Pierre. It was truncated too soon for me. I just make your life hell. Don't <laughs> yes,、I? you do. Well, let us tell you, listeners.、Uh, this is our second last program for the year. So next week is the、uh, last show for Asia Pacific Currents for 2019, and. Uh, normally, we would do this on the last show of the year. Is give you a roundup of、um, issues、uh, that we covered,、um, some highlights of 2019, and so on. We're going to do that today,、uh, and next week we'll bring you our final interview about Iraq, which we've been trying to schedule for some time, and finally managed to get a hold of our comrades there. And of course, if you want to get in, in touch with us, what are our best、uh, emails and websites and ex- social media, etc., 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 etc.? Well, you can email us at aawl at aawl dot no 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 email address is aawl at gmail dot com. All right, is it? No, no, no it's no. not. Giselle, you're oh my gosh, it it is. It's it's been、should、a long start, year. Shall we start again? I I do this every week, Pierre. I can't remember our contact details. Firstly, you can find us on the web. That's right. All the w's dot a a w l dot org dot au. You can email us at a a w l at a a w l dot org dot au. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter.、Uh, look us up on those social medias. We do. Continue to post news and current affairs and information about labour movement struggles across the Asia Pacific region, and certainly keep doing that over the break period because you won't be hearing from us until the first Saturday in February. That's right. We do have our summer, well-deserved summer break, and obviously for all all the listeners on a podcast in our northern hemisphere, we、we'll、say summer, summer, and <laughs> yes, we are. The seasons are reversed on the equator. Between I, the north and the south. I did. I did read a funny meme that I want to share with you about、yeah. uh, Melbourne's weather, and of course, for those on the podcast, that is where we broadcast from. Which is that Melbourne has Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. There is another very big Melbourne in the US. Radio. Melbourne has five seasons. Does it?、Really? Yes, winter, summer,、uh, autumn, and spring. 
and fuck you and and fuck you sneaks up on you and happens at any time of the year and it will just take you by surprise. I see, I yeah, see. Thank you. I, I, thank I, you I, for I'm, allowing me to where, do that on the, the dump? Pen, the dump? <laughs> penultimate, penultimate yes. uh, show of Anyway, let, let's go back to serious stuff. Shall um, we? With our news roundup. So we'll have our usual news roundup first and then we'll do our uh, year in review. So um, we go to Iran first where the scale of protest has been, uh, has been revealed now. As we reported last week following the lifting of government of a government imposed media blackout more information is coming out about the extent of the protest in iran following the 300 percent price rise for gasoline we now know that mass protests erupted in over 100 cities mostly in working class and impoverished districts these protests were hardly, harshly repressed, with hundreds um, killed, over a thousand injured, and up to eight thousand people detained. The um, syndicate of, of workers of Tehran and suburbs bus company put out a statement this week condemning this repression and linking these November nationwide protests as the continuation of the mass protests that started in December 2017 that so strikes all around Iran and regular residents would know we um, reported those a number of times. The Syndicate of Workers of Tehran and Suburbs Bus Company puts the blame squarely at the feet of more than three decades of continuous and sustained attacks against the working class and oppressed people by the capitalist system in Iran and its government. So we'll certainly see what happens in uh, 2020 in um, Iran and our sisters and brothers. And now in Jordan, in the early hours of Monday, the 2nd of December, a suspected electrical short circuit started a fire which quickly swept through the corrugated iron sheds that housed farm labourers and their families from Pakistan. Thirteen people were killed and three others had to be hospitalised. This incident happened in the village of El Shuna, El Janubia, that sits along the Jordan Valley to the west of the capital, Amman. Jordan is home to thousands of migrant workers who are employed by private farms in the Jordan Valley, a fertile vegetable and fruit growing area. Many of these workers are housed in poor makeshift accommodation. House fires in Jordan are often caused by the use of cheap but dangerous forms of heating while the occupants are asleep. In recent years, several deadly incidents have occurred among Syrian refugees living in camps during the winter, such as fires caused by electrical faults or choking from domestic gas stoves. Um, very much um, death by exploitation, really, it should be said. Now, up. the next story is going to surprise you because, you know, I'm a bit of a geographer and um, whatever. The next story is actually about Sudan which is in Africa, as in North Africa. Now, you would think, now, once I start reading it, you'll work out, work out why I've actually included enough. I've made an exception for once. I just so. want you to know that the insistence of sticking to Asia is your uh, political agenda, nobody else's. I would happily expand our news to right across the world. Then we would, uh, <laughs> the, the news around that would probably last at the whole program. Um, 
Anyway, so here we go and listen to the news and you'll work out why I've included it. Three days ago, a massive explosion and fire destroyed the Sila ceramic factory in the Bari area in the Sudanese capital Khartoum, um, and it, uh, killing 23 people and injuring another 130. According to initial reports, there was a lack of necessary safety measures and equipment at the factory. In addition to um, random storage of flamm- flammable materials that led to a gas tanker exploding while unloading its shipment at the factory. Now, of the workers killed, 18 were Indian migrant workers, while another seven were hospitalised and 16 more may still be missing. The factory actually employed 60 workers from India. So... I found that an interesting story. Well, it does highlight the exploitation, the vulnerability of, well, the cannon fodder of migrant workers. In Iraq this week, the Iraqi National Communications and Media Commission shut down or gave warnings to 17 media institutions for covering the protests in Iraq. This warning is a culmination of an increasingly harsh campaign against non-government media outlets that has taken several forms, ranging from obscure threats to the shutdown of media institutions to jamming channels, periodic internet outages and not offering security protection or journalists being personally threatened. In mid-November, the offices of Iraq Art Company in Karada, in the centre of Baghdad, was hit by mortar shells. Human rights organisations see this increasing pressure as a crackdown on freedom of expression in an attempt by the government to silence people and muffle their voices of opposition, criticising government practices in dealing with protesters. Of course, this is a a consistent theme that we're seeing not just across the Middle East, but um, across the world and particularly what comes to mind, which we'll talk about in the second part of the show, um, is the uh, attack, I guess, on Julian Assange and um, the attempt to basically hold him in prison for the rest of his life. Mm, That's right. And um, we now come to Australia um, and we're looking at the the docs once again. As a follow-up from last week's interview that uh, we did, that we updated on the the dock workers' battle with Hutchinson and ICTSI, this week we have received news that the the maritime workers have reached an in-principle agreement with another one of the major stevedoring companies on the Australian waterfront. The Maritime Union of Australia has stated that it has seen off the threat of further automation and outsourcing at DP World Australia under proposed new national enterprise agreement. In addition to securing wage rises above inflation, the MUA has now stated that if there is any future increase in automation, it will consider it only if the workers are granted a shorter working week for no loss in pay. So um, that'll be interesting to see. And uh, that's right. I think uh, if there is any automation and efficiency, the, um, the benefits should go to the workers. Simple as that. Still in Australia this week, another case of wage theft in the retail sector was exposed with a case of a group of 21 former workers for one of Australia's biggest pizza suppliers to Coles, Woolworths and IGA, claiming that they had been underpaid a total of about a million Aussie dollars. United Workers Union, that is representing the workers, has stated that the predominantly Indian and Afghani workers in the Melbourne factory were paid a flat rate, even if they worked a 12-hour overnight shift. In addition to being systematically underpaid, the workers were routinely belittled, 
denied breaks, yelled at aggressively and had managers making racist comments to them throughout their shifts. Unfortunately, a very uh, common story. Um, We now jump uh, to South Korea, where last Saturday on the 30th of November, tens of thousands of workers, farmers, women, students and popular sectors staged a mass rally in central Seoul. The uh, the demands of this mass rally, which um, has been an incredible number of uh, demonstrations, uh, industrial action and strikes in South Korea the last few months. Uh, Anyway, the demands of this rally was stop regressive uh, labour law reform and win fundamental trade union rights for all, abolish precarious work, strengthen public and social sphere and reduce inequality, demand the the Shebol regime be cleaned out, and that's the big corporations, and abolish all inequalities and eradicate poverty. These mobilisations are a continuation of protests that have occurred throughout this year by all sectors of workers in South Korea as the, as the movement continues to battle the downward pressure on wages, conditions and security of employment, which really are issues that affect workers all around the world. Well, the last one is just an announcement about some uh, rallies that are coming up. So maybe we will talk about that in the second part. And for now, that is news from around the region. It's 13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. And Giselle, because you did like that song so much, I will actually put a song on and I hope it's going to be to your taste. Oh, I thank you. There's a cold rain on the autumn wind A brother murdered in Sydney town Mark for brother on a supposed eagle Covering his home and gunned him down We say oh
And that was uh, Rivers of Tears by Kev Carmody, a uh, fantastic little song, and uh, it's made Giselle very happy. And uh, it's just on uh, 15 past 9 o'clock, and you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by uh, Australia Asia Worker Links. And as we said um, at the start of the program, uh, this is our second last show before our big summer break, and we usually do a news a, a, the year in review on the last show, but because we have a, an interview lined up for next week, we're going to do it this week. And um, we um, were just talking before Giselle, and we thought we might as well uh, start the first one about a very recent episode that's happened in uh, India. That's right. So many of you might very well have woken up to news of um, another gang rape in India, but this time the four perpetrators of the gang rape um, were a- attempted to be apprehended by local police and they ran away. No, no, they were actually apprehended. They were actually... In the were, act? No, they were... So what happened was they um, allegedly raped the woman and they burned her couple of days later, they were arrested. They were in custody. And then the police took him out to the isolated area where it happened for a reenactment. And they were uh, surrounded by a whole lot of police, four unarmed alleged criminals. And the story is they attempted to escape and to get the guns off the police. And they all got shot dead. So all were shot dead immediately by police and then a celebration ensued in the streets. Um, And a a bunch of just localers and community members um, started rallying and chanting and congratulating these police officers for the um, murder of these four prisoners um, and and celebrated these police as heroes. Yes, and, and um, I mean, it, it's even hard to know where to start, really. I mean, it's it sort of thing. I mean, first of all, these uh, these men had just been arrested. We have no idea whether they were guilty or innocent in the first place. And then, so I think that's one issue. Second issue, it's exec- it's it's cold blooded murder by the police. I, I I find the whole story that they ran away, tried to get the police pistols and all that, highly unlikely. Um, and thirdly, it sort of um, gives the impression that the police are there to, to protect us and it makes the police as, as heroes. Well, I, I, I accept the, the um, components of your analysis of why this is wrong. I also wanted to add, and I think this is a bit more controversial, um, is Even more. I, uh, well, well, part of the analysis for me of this, because I want to relate it to some things that are happening in Australia. I think that um, some of this populist feminism and some of this um, uh, what um, social media facilitates, which is this mass outrage, which has left-wing cloak and left-wing cover, but is actually actually very, very reactionary. So, for example, the Me Too movement, which for I think there are very, very positive elements of Me Too. I think it's important that women now have space to talk about openly and are believed when they talk about 
rape, sexual harassment, violence, etc. But there is also this mindlessness about it, which were previously our critiques of the right, but this um, mob mentality that takes away thinking or mm. critical engagement with the issues. So a number of the... It becomes very black and white. And these high-profile um, rapes and murders of women in the streets... Um, which have been followed by vigils and protests. I mean, what is the protest about and what is the protest for? What are the demands for it? I think without um, uh, uh, diminishing um, the the impact uh, or, or the requirement, the need for women's safety in the streets, um, a lot of the time we, we stop dealing with the role that the state has in keeping people behind bars and depriving them of their liberty and the importance of engaging critically in that. Did you um, see the um, the very recent uh, flash mob from Chile of the feminist group? I didn't. I missed it. Well, I mean, it's, it has flooded my social media, but I haven't looked at it in detail. I, I highly recommend for you to have a look at it, and uh, I, I think you'll find it very interesting. Anyway, um, yes, they're all very interesting points, and maybe it's something we can look at, uh, um, you know, um, the class-based issues of uh, violence against women next year. Well, I, I do want to say something. I want to complete that thought. I yeah. know we are running out of time, yeah. but, you know, some of the things that we've seen in Victoria, in Melbourne, Victoria, um, in relation to these men that have committed acts of violence against women, and it has later come out that these men may have intellectual disabilities or um, Asperger's or uh, other mental health issues, and and the loud call, again, that mindlessness of saying, well, these aren't excuses for violence against women. I mean, I, I agree it's not an excuse for violence against women, but also what do you know of the, uh, the, the chemical science of intellectual disability and Asperger's or um, autism to actually say, therefore, that is not an excuse for criminal liability or so? It's very problematic that everyone is now just entitled to a scientific opinion for something that they have no scientific basis for. Uh, well, as we know, social media and facts and truth and evidence uh, really falls by the wayside in all, uh, in in many regards. And and stay in India, another issue that has happened, of course, is uh, the big uh, layoffs in the automotive industry, which we've actually seen um, a number of strikes uh, and protests against. And I'm afraid I don't actually have any update on the Honda dispute that we brought to you but that's uh, certainly something that we'll be uh, we'll need to look at um, in the future as well so I want to round mm -hmm. given it's a roundup of yep. um, issues across the the year and I know we do have a tendency of focusing on the most recent things but I don't think you can go past the massive massive protests in West Papua um, uh, and yes they were student um, uh, largely organised through the student mass and the student population, the activists there. But the huge takeover of streets by West Papuans in response to uh, military racism. Yep, yep. No, they chose that that issue is still there. And, of course, um, 
um, a few weeks later, there was actually a, a big nationwide protest in Indonesia, as people can recollect, against the parliament for a whole number of reasons, very much similar issues as struck many other countries in the world around inequality, corruption, uh, and social issues. But the interesting thing, the protest actually had quite a strong pro-West Papua focus on it. So it's certainly um, interesting. So it's not the issue... Uh, of West Papua is not necessarily so divisive among um, a large section of the Indonesian population as one would uh, possibly think if you just looked at the mass media. And also sort of in the middle of the year, I am going to take us back to India, but particularly Kashmir. Mm -hmm. Um, India's renewed offensive against that... um, Shall we call it a disputed territory? I'm sure some people think it's not disputed, but I, I think you can say that it's a disputed territory. Um, and the, the clampdown on the media and then the violence in that um, state. Yes, and uh, it's still an ongoing uh, issue. And certainly, you know, with India, with the whole, uh, you know, the rise of the far-right Hindu politics, uh, you know, it's quite, quite uh, serious um, for the left and for workers in uh, in India. And, of course, um, the fact that the High Court now, I think it's the Supreme or the High Court in India, has actually uh, legalised the, the fact that that mosque was um, uh, totally destroyed by the by the lynch mob in um, uh, in northern India. Sorry, I can't quite remember I, that. I do want to say, though, one of the things... Um, the, the the problems in the way that people speak about and it, it get more of that mob mentality and not critically engaging with politics, I think India and India's fascism really demonstrates the limitations of a singular analysis of race and racism as white supremacy. Because when you say that white supremacy is it alone – Uh, and that it is the power and privilege of whiteness that gives racism the way it is experienced in the world right now, it literally cuts you off from being able to explore or talk about or deal with communal violence uh, and communalism, uh, you, you know, the in Sri Lanka, in India, impact right across in Malaysia. And I think this is a fundamental limitation of the way we are now discussing race and race politics in Australia. Maybe that's another topic for next year to I uh, hope you're writing all these topics down, Giselle. Um, and of course, look, we can't really go past uh, what's happening in um, in West Asia. The um, I know it's not... Uh, I mean, there, there were outbreaks uh, during the, the year, but certainly over the last few months, what's happening, especially in Iraq and Lebanon. And of course, we're going to be taking... Uh, we're going to analyse Iraq much more next week, but it really shows the, the you know the ongoing crisis of the system and how in some countries it, it's really come to a, a total break point. And I think for the workers' movement uh, everywhere, I think the issue that is now happening is that you can actually have millions of people on the street for weeks and months. And even manage to um, get the government to collapse, but then the question is, what do you do? Yeah, what is to be done? That <laughs> that is uh, that is a tome. The answer to that question lives in a tome somewhere. Uh, once you uh, defeat a government, what next? And without um, a revolutionary leadership, yeah, 
than just exposing my politics. Without a revolutionary leadership, what we are left with is um, the immediate appropriation or, um, uh, oh, goodness, what's well, the word? Well, it's, it's basically... It's, well, counter-revolutionary. Well, it's counter-revolutionary because then you have basically dual... Hijacking, that was the dual word. Dual powers, dual centres of powers, and in the end someone will eventually come on top. Well, I also think dual power doesn't happen accidentally. That also requires a revolutionary politic in order to take that step. Otherwise, you know, you are the the revolutionary fervour is immediately hijacked by the powers of the state that aren't going down without a fight. That's right. And um, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Oh, if you do a, a regional roundup, the time just flies. And, of course, another big... Uh, section. I mean, you know, we've talked about South Korea often and, and the Philippines, uh, you know, and there's the issues in Thailand of the dictatorship, well, the, the, the democratic dictatorship, are really. But of course, another big issue in terms of, uh, the, you know, the limits of, of protest as uh, as a strategy, really, so it comes down to Hong Kong. Absolutely. I'm yeah. so glad you said that. We have one minute and, yes. you know, at the moment, um, Comrades on the left are actually tearing each other apart over how to understand and analyse Hong Kong. So we are not going to do it justice in the remaining minute of the show. But quite possibly, Pierre, we could start next year with an analysis of where we are or where we got to with Hong Kong. That's right. That's right. But uh, yes, it, it, but it does show that in the end, overall, you know, we might have great demands. And a lot of these protests are all around the world, and you can go look at Latin American as well. They're all about against austerity, against inequality, for more democracy, against corruption. Some are, are really, really tough. Some have, uh, you know, overcome mass killings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then is where do you get the power from? Which are the centres of power do you actually attack? And really, let's talk about it. how do you take them over? How's that to leave it? <laughs> it is 9.30. That is the end of Asia Pacific Currents for today. That was our roundup of news from, or it was our annual roundup of issues from across the region. Um, normally we would end the year with that roundup, but uh, we have our Iraq story, uh, which we could only get next week and we thought it was important enough to broadcast it this year. So stay tuned for our last show, which is next Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna. And, of course, that last show just for two, 2.19, all the way back in 2020, in the, I think um, 1st of February, I think is the first Saturday. So, yes, goodbye from me, Pierre. Stay tuned to 3CR Radio and Palestine Remembered coming up uh, straight after this announcement. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.